WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're talking with the writer and artist behind Vault Comics' upcoming series, Finger Guns, Justin Richards and Val Halverson. Finger Guns is a comic about two troubled teens who discover they can manipulate people's emotions by doing finger guns at them. You know, the, the sort of uh, thing. Uh, it's a great concept. It is a fun comic, and uh, we talk about that. And uh, if you are fans of our Pet Corner bits, uh, there is a lot of good, good doggy talk. Uh, although, for some reason, we all appear to be competing for the title of World's Dumbest Dog. But um, no, no, no. We all love our dogs uh, very much. Uh, but that's not all. Uh, we are continuing our multi-part RPG adventure, Troubleshooters and the Drool-Encrusted Bunny of Destiny, uh, with Veronica Beatrice. Uh, last episode, freelance detectives Wallace Sampson and Sloane Covington-Witt checked out an old tailor shop for a lead in the case of a mysterious, magic-based bank robbery. And the trail has led them right into the mouth of the enemy for a big old battle in a segment we'll call, Oh, it's the Flash Rogues! Uh, and in case you don't listen... <laughs> is that a spoiler? Oh, whatever. It's the title. Uh, <laughs> uh, in case you don't listen all the way to the end, I will let you know at the top of the show, uh, we have tweaked our Patreon tiers again. Uh, we have introduced a new $2 tier, which if you subscribe at that level, you get all the goodies from the $1 tier, uh, early access to the podcast, thanks on our site, a bonus reading column from Matt Lazowitz. Uh, but I will also mail you a random comic from my collection. So if you like everything we do at WMQComics.com, Bonus reading, X-Man of the Week, Joshua Bermont's Reviews, Will Nevin's Breezeway Podcast, WMQ&A, This Month in Gotham, our Sunday editorials, the weekly Q newsletter, Pod People. <gasps> Holy crap, we do a lot, you guys. Um, <laughs> please consider backing us on Patreon. Uh, and as always, like the wine cooler fellas said, thank you for your support. Now here are me and Matt and Justin and Val. Uh, so Justin and Val, uh, I'll start off with the with the question we we frequently ask our guests to start off. Uh, what comics were you guys reading when you first got into the medium? When I first got into comics, I was like, I'd say maybe like thirteen or fourteen. Um, I read a lot of Vertigo. Uh, I read Transmetropolitan's, like my favorite comic ever. Um, but I also read a lot of Preacher, that kind of thing. And Watchmen's the big one. Mm-hmm. Watchmen's the big one for everyone. <laughs> but... For me, I was a little bit later in life as far as like really getting into comics and, and even halfway considering them as a potential career. Because I have no artistic ability, so I can only write. Uh, and... Yeah, I didn't get started until about 2014 or 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I usually credit one of the first like indie books that got me really into like indie books and and appreciating how much they could do was uh, We Stand on Guard, mm-hmm. like Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. And then uh, from there, you know, all the big ones, Saga and stuff. I think the other really big one that jumped out to me was God Country. Really like made me cry like a little schoolboy, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, Vaughn, Vaughn is a is a is a gateway drug for for a lot of comics readers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and I love the hell out of Transmet. So yeah, <laughs> I'm start I'm starting Transmet soon because of Val. Oh. You better. <laughs> I bought it. I bought Volume One. Peak Ellis. It is. It, yeah. It is peak. Ellis at his 
most delightfully subversive and terrifyingly prescient. Oh, it is like, it's so weird reading it today because it's just like, man, this all just came true. (laughs) (laughs) It shouldn't have, but it did. The The sex puppets are on TV. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know why I became president? It's because I want to fuck people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Gary Callahan, you monster. I went to a wedding once where the groom looked exactly like the Smiler. Oh, God. I'm, not, I'm not even lying. Crazy. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. But no, one of my, I think, favorite panels in all of comics is, uh, it's from early in Transmed. It's, it's one of the ones where Spider's sitting in front of like a bank of, of monitors and he's just like, give me fire, give me information. I thought it was going to be the chair leg of truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm personally a fan of I killed Santa. I killed him with this. <laughs> uh, but uh, you all are here promoting Finger Guns, which is out next month from uh, from Vault. Uh, for people who oh god, are... next month I haven't heard anybody say it. Sorry to interrupt you, but <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that's okay. that just came so real in my brain all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, uh, but for for people who aren't familiar, you know what is what's the elevator pitch for the series? Ooh, I've got this. Um, <laughs> uh, two kid troubled teens. I usually say two troubled teens uh, discover that they can manipulate emotions with finger guns. Uh, various types of finger guns because I love finger guns and uh, yeah that you know trouble ensues Um, how how long had this idea you know been been gestating before we got to uh, holy shit it's out in a month Uh, you know the uh, (laughs) I think I read the original announcement you know Justin said uh, literally came to you in a dream yeah it did um about three years, maybe four years ago, somewhere in that range. Um, it, I dreamt that I was basically, I was in the shoes of one of our two main characters and uh, woke up not really knowing what to do with it. And But I, it was like kind of the only thing I had an idea for. So I sat on it and I talked with some friends and uh, I had a friend involved early on. Her name's uh, Sabs Cooper. She writes comics as well. She's still... Uh, just doing anthologies and stuff right now but I suspect you'll see her name in the future Um, but yeah her and I worked on it for quite a while together until she had some life stuff happen and just couldn't really continue so she stepped back and I finished it and pitched it the rest of the way Ah, that's uh that's awesome. You know, it's one of those premises that you read and it's just like, oh, well, I, you know, definitely need to uh, check this out. And, you know, uh, as, as we as we said, it's still, let's see, February. Uh, what the, yeah. So it's it's coming out next month. You know, are you guys both getting excited for the release? Uh, you know, I imagine that you've been in kind of press mode, uh, talking it up, you know, as we get to like the FOC mark and everything. Yeah. Um definitely uh foc is funny enough foc is coming up uh and it's right around both mine and val's birthdays yeah (laughs) (laughs) um this month and uh 
yeah no it's been insane the like the ride that we're on right now and yeah coming to the realization that it's a month away and then two weeks after that we're both going to be at emerald city comic-con is just yeah it's pretty insane to think about it's awesome um you know how how did the book uh end up you know how did we, how did it go from you know dream that you had you know how did it end up at vault you know how did vault become uh the publisher uh sure. for this book um <clears throat> so i used to do a podcast myself i did um reviews and interviews for three years on youtube uh and so i met a lot of people including uh, adrian and damian wassel and tim daniel who were, were all you know core members of vault's team mm-hmm. and vault just always has dope cool books and so because i knew them and i love their books and i thought finger guns is unique enough to maybe fit in their li- library i took it to them and they were on board pretty much right away that, that's awesome and, and yeah no they, they've definitely been killing it lately with some uh oh yeah great projects i finally um, just got caught up on the plot by tim daniel and michael morisi mm-hmm and my god i love that book <laughs> yeah no I've, I've definitely heard nothing but good things about that one yeah it's worth a read for sure if you like horror at all like it's so class and somehow they they found like a very specific fear of mine or at least paranoia and mm-hmm. wrote it into that book i swear like it's like they i think they did research to freak me out <laughs> <laughs> I have this ran I have this random thing where if I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I have to turn the light on and look and make sure there's nothing in the toilet. And let's just say some things come out of the toilet. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy as fuck. <laughs> uh, so uh how did you go about uh, assembling your your creative team? I know you mentioned working with Sabs uh early on, but you know, you Val and then you've got Rebecca Nolte on colors, you got Taylor Esposito uh doing letters. Um Rebecca, I loved her coloring on uh, She Said Destroy, speaking of other vault titles. Um you know, how did how did you get your how how did the band get together? <laughs> a lot of help from Adrian Wassel. Uh especially finding Rebecca, um, which, you know, thank God she's been so stellar on this book. It's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time we get pages, me and Val are like, dude, you fucking see that. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I met Val through a a common writer friend of ours, uh, Christoph Borgax, who you may have heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's got some good, good shit coming out as well soon. Um, but yeah, I was looking, I was doing a personal project of mine, a little short story and I was looking for a colorist and he told me about Val, uh, being really fast and really, uh, talented. And so I thought Val was just a colorist until I looked at his portfolio and I was like, Oh shit, like this would really work on finger guns. So brought him to Adrian and rest is kind of history. And then Taylor, Taylor Esposito is an old buddy of mine from my podcasting days as well because he's my favorite letterer and he rules at his job. That's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, I actually I chatted with Christoph a little bit at uh, New York Comic Con mostly because he at the time was doing that whole I'm going to go to I, an Australian man, I'm going to go eat it out back in New York. 
<laughs> bit. And I'm like, I, yeah, I got to meet this guy. <laughs> how much, yeah, how much that's still his brand is just amazing. Like, that is, that's him. That's who Kristoff is now, is he's the dude who went to Outback and will apparently always go to Outback now. <laughs> well, I think he's got, he's got a, an Emerald City uh, thing going too, where it's like, if you give him a t shirt, he will wear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the man knows how to build hype before a show for sure <laughs> he's a great if you ever get it if you have ever met him yeah you just said you did he's a great dude like i didn't even know him and he came up and like gave me a hug and congratulated me on my pitch and stuff on at emerald city last year like, he's just a great dude That's yeah awesome. he's awesome and yeah he's hilarious <laughs> Um, so we talked about, uh, you know, Rebecca and getting pages back and, and, and holy shit and all that. Um, you know, I love the cover to the first issue. Um, you know, Val, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the process in, in creating the cover? Um, so <laughs> I've got a color scheme that I did not realize that I keep doing until that cover came out and I'm like, shit, I, I did it again <laughs> of, a. Uh, the last like year I've made like red and teal everything and I don't know why but <laughs> um, it works yeah. um I wanted to make something pretty like eye catching and just I like covers where each issue like even if it's, like, a third issue on the shelf, you still know, like, from a glance that, oh, that's that series. And, like, you just know instantly because there is some kind of, like, visual thing connecting them. Um, that's kind of what I was wanting to do with, like, the background and just all the weird, crazy colors. You know, did you kind of, did, did you work with Rebecca on the cover, too? Uh, no, those were all my, uh, my colors on that. Um, so, so you guys are in the, in the story itself, you guys are dealing with, with early teens as your protagonists. Um, you know, do you feel like that that's the audience you're going for or, you know, something a little bit more, uh, you know, mature? Definitely on the more mature end. Um, it's, that's actually been a real hot discussion with, with us and everyone at vault on like, you know, it's about 13-year-old kids, but it, it's not for 13-year-old kids. But, like, also some – there's somewhere where, like, a kid would get a lot out of this if they read it at the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't want to say, well, it's not for kids, but you also don't want them to throw it into, like, an 8-year-old's hands, you know? So yeah, that's been a, a real yeah. balancing act. I've been lately – I think I've come to the decision that, that I like 15 as, like, an age for kids to possibly start reading this story. But yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, it's it's interesting because Sadie and Wes, they both are your protagonists. They both seem to come from these difficult home lives, but difficult in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And the the finger guns is sort of this correlation between the power they have there and how helpless they are in the other part of their lives. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, well, uh, to say, uh, like, so 
it's hard trying to say stuff without spoiling it, you know, yeah. things like that. But basically, yeah, you're you're totally right that like the finger guns that the two of them have uh, that they end up using in the first issue and stuff are both actually kind of perfect for what they need in their lives, but also like, you know, they're thirteen year old kids, so like it, you know. No 13-year-old kid really needs the power to affect anyone else's emotions, much less their own, because they can't control them. And that's kind of half the point of the book. But, uh, yeah, like, it's also something that initially you're like, oh, man, Wes is this, like, sad, lonely kid who doesn't stick up for himself and just kind of is a loner and does his own thing. And, like, he gets his power to, like, make people mad. And, like, you know, uh, or at least he discovers the power to make people mad. And so, like... I don't know, it kind of gives him a little bit extra level of control that he doesn't normally have. And then Sadie and her home life, uh, the calming effect that she that she's discovered before we even meet her is definitely useful in that situation. Definitely. Um, you know, just either way, you know, 13-year-old characters difficult home lives you know regardless of the target audience i mean god knows there's probably not one person here among us who would want to relive that period of their lives <laughs> please god no <laughs> yeah that's kind of the like where like when i pitched the book you know like part of pitching a book you try to like tell your prospective publisher who you think the audience might be or you know who might like where it would sell in the marketplace and uh, I believe I said like anyone who's had like a teenage like who's gone through puberty. I don't know, <laughs> like because like we can all relate to Wes and Sadie on some level. I think because they're two different, very different kids, but also going through a lot of the same stuff and the definitely the same things that we've all gone through at some level. So, mm. um. You know, one thing I noticed in kind of doing research up to this is, is you know, figure guns got picked up by the uh, by the New York Times is like kind of one of their comic wrecks for winter. That had, that to, that had to have felt pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was. I like I was going to dinner with my wife and my son when I got the notification that that had happened, and I was like, I need to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> my life just might have changed i don't know it was definitely a big accomplishment that i'm very proud of and i blame val and rebecca and taylor and everyone else but me yeah i got that email and i screamed (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um you know one of the the things that i liked about the the first issue we talked a little bit about you know the, the the color scheme you know, was is the rules and the and the color coding for how the finger guns work. You know, um, I, I again, you know, not wanting to really spoil it too much, but it very it much is like it's like an emotional Kohler faucet. Uh, you know, how long did it take to kind of crack that nut in terms of figuring out how how they actually work and what the kind of visual iconography for it would be? Um. Well. It, it birthed from the dream, sort of, because I, when I do finger guns, I like to do uh, finger guns with two fingers. It's just kind of like what feels cooler, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's how I do my finger guns. And I know that, you know, 
other people do them with one finger and so like that's kind of where that idea came from of like well what if this one does this and this one does this you know and like the reason that Wes and Sadie discover the ones that they do is because they're, they're just you know they're those kinds of like Sadie's the kind of person that uses one finger and Wes is the kind of guy that uses two Got You got to uh, do what comes natural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the visual side of it, uh, we did a lot of back and forth on uh, just colors and that kind of thing. Uh, one thing that I wanted to do for it, um, I based like the shape of it off of wavelengths. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. Wes, he has like a higher frequency wavelength, and then Sadie's is lower frequency. Um, part of that is to do with music is kind of a big part of this. Um, yeah, it's this secret, weirdly important thing that is important, but isn't, but it came out of nowhere and it, yeah, now it's important to us. Yeah. Well, like Wes is always listening to music and he's got like all of these records and everything. And Sadie also has a big connection. Um, so it, having their powers just be like wavelengths i thought would kind of tie that in so that that segues nicely into my my next question because there's a scene in the first issue uh that's in a record store oh yeah (laughs) Val's favorite page to the longest page. (laughs) (laughs) I loved a lot of the little details there. Um, The the sign of the couple of bins that says "unsorted, good luck," (laughs) and the the question response with the clerk about the best David Bowie album, which is you know clearly changes. (laughs) But um, now I'm more of a like weird used and rare dvd collector but there's a lot of places that'll have you know your records right your classic vinyl right next to your criterion dvds so i spend a lot of time in those kind of stores so i just wanted to know which one of you two is the record hound um there is a shop called vintage vinyl that's in st louis that i go to pretty often and that's like my mental image of that was kind of what I use for this (laughs) (laughs) and yeah the answer is both because yeah I go to a spot here in Bend, Oregon called uh, Ranch Records and I order a lot of like I like specialty soundtracks and things like that so I'll order stuff like that online but yeah I, uh, I I worked in a Sam Goody when I was in college. Uh, kids, ask your parents about Sam Goody. But uh, <laughs> on my last day, my gift to them was I sorted the Latin music section, which was like the least alphabetized or organized in any way. And it was like the thing, you know, when we were sent onto the floor, when there were like no customers to, to rearrange and everything, everybody avoided. Man, doing, you're doing Mexican Jesus's work right there. That's not easy. <laughs> Uh, it's it's yeah it's the little things <laughs> <laughs> on my last day i would have been like i'm i'm out of here peace <laughs> on my last day at my last job which was a few months ago um i've had a lot of changes leading up to the book and all that in my last job on my last day i was like when can i leave 
<laughs> you were you were already checked out all but physically. Heck yeah. <laughs> and my boss's answer was not until much later, after you do a bunch of snow removal, and I'm like, God. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but you know, this isn't this isn't the first you know comics comics work for for either of you. Uh, I was just you know looking around. Uh, Val, you did a pr- pretty interesting indie series called The Sequels prior to this, right? Yes. Uh, um, that's that's yeah. with the Norm Harper writing. Um, yeah. What what was kind of you know what what's sort of the the elevator pitch for that book or those books? Uh, so the sequels is kind of about uh, four different. Uh, 30 to 40 something adults who they all had their own little like kind of 80s movie adventure when they were kids like there was one who kind of had like an E.T. kind of adventure another one kind of had like a short circuit kind of thing and then they come back as adults and their past kind of comes to get them so it's all about that I, I loved the uh, I, I definitely was a big short circuit fan when I was a kid I don't know that I would want like a robot from that era coming back to haunt me later though <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably not they could go Terminator very quickly <laughs> Alpha 5 just wakes you up in your bed in the middle of the night <laughs> staring yeah. at you yeah no disassemble. Uh. <laughs> Goonies never say die, but with this hip, I might want to. <laughs> oh, man. Also, parents ask your friends about or your parents about short circuit. So. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, you guys are on my wavelength for references. I like it. Oh man. Um. So there's been a thing going around on Twitter lately that I'll play with a little bit here. Uh, explain your at where it's like people telling the story behind their handle. Uh, you know, neither of you goes by your, you know, your Twitter handles aren't your name on Twitter. So, you know, Justin, you're, you're at emo comic writer, Val, you're at Fishmas. So I was curious, you know, what is the story behind your, your, your at? So mine, I have had literally since I was like 12 years old. Um, <laughs> I, when I was in, like, middle school, I made a really bad, like, kids' book called The Story of Fishmas, and it was about Fish Christmas, um, yes. where it was, like, a fish Santa Claus, and there's fish reindeer. I don't know what the hell it was, but that, <laughs> that, that's fish been... Fish reindeer. I like it. <laughs> That's been my my at for years, um, and people are always taken aback by it. They're like, "What the hell is fishness?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> like it's like Festivus. Just go with it. Yeah, it's a fishness for the rest of us. <laughs> um. For mine, I actually, so I'm the opposite of Val, who's had his forever. Uh, I've had mine since the book got, like, right before the end, the book got announced. Uh, because, I don't know, I thought it was dope. And, like, <laughs> those are the, that's definitely how I describe this book. I told Val when, when we both got on the book and we got him under contract and he started drawing the book, I was like, 
you know, us for whatever reason bullshitting about uh, like what our audience is. And I was like, yeah, we have a corner on the, of the like the emo kids. Like that's our our market. <laughs> and so I'm writing comics for the emo kids out there. <laughs> All of whom are actually emo adults. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yes, we're all at least pretending to be, right? <laughs> uh, but. And uh, for anyone that, like, somehow I got, like, uh, somebody did a, an article for us the other day, and I'm still incredibly thankful for the review, but they definitely tagged the wrong person. <laughs> And Uh-oh. they tagged another guy named Justin Richards who writes books like Doctor Who books. I, and I was like, I was like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Like, if someone's gonna get get my handle wrong, at least they made me look better than I am. I was gonna say that guy came up when I, you know, was doing my my cursory googling duty, and uh, yeah, I had a feeling that that confusion was going to have to bleed over at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> It happens. We we once were trying to reach out to a creator, and we wound up getting the creator's cousin with the same name who writes medical texts. So <laughs> <laughs> he's a writer. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're both writers, just very different kinds of writers. One writes comics, and one writes medical texts. <laughs> By the way, I'm losing my shit right now because I just remembered that that happened and that is like one of my favorite stories in the history of this podcast. <laughs> it was a great moment. Uh, I, like, I, know, I, I can still talk to you. It's like, yeah, you're not really in our uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> I just wrote a piece on kidneys. That's fascinating. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I will tell you who that is off mic. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <All> right. you, <laughs> Uh, you know, Justin, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, doing comic reviews and stuff uh, in your past. Do you feel like the time you spent, you know, doing that kind of helped you make, uh, helped you in the writing of, of Finger Guns? 100%. I think that it helped me figure out how to even pitch comics. It helped me figure out how they're made, how they're done. And it helped me get an idea for, like, every time I would review a book, like, it's pretty rare that I actually like hated a comic book, you know, but like I really got a better feel for what I think makes a good comic and what, you know, what things don't work as well or like, you know, you need to be careful with because it can it can come off wrong. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with that statement. Uh, now we come to the part of the show. Um, <laughs> we like to we like to ask creators about their pets. Uh, so Justin, uh, it is my understanding that you have two dogs with awesome names. You would be correct. Um, and one of them you can find on Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other one will follow along, but I have, uh, I have a, uh, Chihuahua mix. She's Chihuahua and Shiba Inu, which is a weird mix. And most people don't even know what a Shiba Inu is, but she's freaking adorable as hell. And uh, her name is Hella. Um, like she's the cutest goddess of death that ever existed. <laughs> and then we just got a brand new corgi puppy named Thor. Had to stick with the theme. And he is a he's he's a big oaf just like Thor, so he fits perfectly. <laughs> Those are two series. Shiba Inu are gorgeous. Right. And Cor- I mean, those are two really like 
aesthetically fascinating and pretty dogs. Yeah, Thor is... Uh, I think Val always says that he looks like a stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Because he's just... Or he looks like Gizmo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's got those ears. Just be careful with the feeding schedule, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. First thing in the morning only. He he would pig out all night long if he could. He's a freaking porker. <laughs> that sounds like my younger dog. I've got two uh, miniature dachshunds. Uh, the 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 younger one uh, is is a little on the on the on the chubbier side, but and also maybe a mix. We're really not sure, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thor in the morning, like, I can no longer feed my dogs and walk away because he uh, will finish his food in about 12 seconds flat and then go for hellas if I'm not there to be like, yo, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Which, again, I think it fit, he's fitting the Thor name pretty well. He, he overeats. Another. <laughs> exactly. Another serving winch. Get over here. Yeah. <laughs> More wet food. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Thor important. does. He also he does uh, wield Mjolnir on his collar. Not many people know that yet, but it's nice. true. That that's dope. Yeah, <laughs> it, I don't. It just, just kind of pulls him that. around, <laughs> so it looks <laughs> like he's flying. <laughs> I have this picture of him sleeping. He always sleeps upside down, like on his back. He's the weirdest. <laughs> dog i think it's because his, his tummy his tummy gets uh warm but uh i have this one where he like stuck his hands out straight like superman and i want to figure out a way to like photoshop mjolnir pulling him in it uh, i have a similar picture of my cat doing that on her back with her front her paws reached out and I, I somewhere along the way and I don't know whatever became of it had that photo and had a a caption of flying you're doing it wrong and <laughs> I, I lost that photo and must find it again because because my little dummy does not know how to fly no she does not <laughs> and Val has a has a dog to tell you guys about as well oh please please do uh, he's a lab, and his name is B-Dog. Um, we got him from a, a shelter, so we did not name him B-Dog, but it fits. It's short for Baby Dog. Oh. Um, he's very dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love him, but he is straight up the dumbest dog I have ever seen. Uh, he is almost 11 or almost 12 years old but he still gets people stopping him thinking he's a puppy because he's just like crazy energetic still and yeah every picture of B-Dog I love I fall in love with B-Dog every time I see him because he just has this fucking crazed look on his face <laughs> something interesting is happening in his mind no matter what and I love it um, yeah no my my younger dog uh, Lola uh, speaking of, of dogs that are dumb but we love them uh, her nickname is Derp and <laughs> the reason for that is when she is at rest often her tongue will just sort of unfurl and hang out of her mouth to, to varying degrees 
and and so the best is when like you wake her up from a nap or like like if she's resting next to you and you just sort of move and she looks up and then like that's when like she's her eyes are just like bug-eyed and then she's just got this little bit of tongue just like hanging out of her mouth that's the best time for photographs (laughs) yeah i love dogs that do that i unfortunately have the the cat that is missing that you know native cunning gene that all cats are supposed to have (laughs) She, she she is very sweet and incredibly dumb (laughs) <laughs> she, she at one point ran into a glass door that she knew was there. <laughs> she reached under it to try to get the toy, and when she could not reach it, instead of simply walking around the door, she backed up and ran face first into it. And Deter- prob- determined, just yeah, determined. Scrambled what few brain cells she had left. look in Bess's defense I ran into a baby gate with a full load of laundry in my arms the other day so (laughs) we all have those days (laughs) okay I'll give her that I used to have my last dog before this was this big oaf of a shepherd mix like shepherd cat the dumbest dog like you would throw a ball at him and it would just bounce him off bounce off his head and then he would just look at you like sideways like what's up what do you what do you want (laughs) Is he talking to me? There's nobody home ever, but he was the sweetest boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so <laughs> absolutely. Um, Val, I found uh, I, I found in doing my research going into the show that you are a big horror fan. Uh, so I'm going to take this opportunity to dig up an old October chestnut uh, that I'm stealing from my co-host and ask whether you've seen Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Oh boy, have I. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's Honestly, that's probably my favorite Halloween movie. Thank you! (laughs) I know that's blasphemy to a lot of people, but... I, I like it better than the first one. Don't listen, kill me. <laughs> no, listen, I accept freely that the first Halloween, when looked at in you know a critical way, is the better film. That does not mean that I don't think Season of the Witch is my favorite. Because <laughs> it's so strange and delightful. Sometimes you just gotta watch the world burn, right? <laughs> yes. I wish I... Like, because it's so weird in context to every other Halloween movie. Because like they were trying to do like an anthology thing, but then they did the sequel to the first one, which absolutely is not an anthology. It's just still Michael Myers. And then they decided to do the anthology thing with the the third one, and everyone's like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> but it's like if that would have been second. I just wonder where that series would have gone. Yes, that I, I you, you, absolutely. Because I mean, if it, if you went back to Michael Myers at you know movie three or four, then okay, so now we're kind of calling back to that first one, but doing one two and then changing it. No, you'd set a tempo by by doing those two together. And I think that's why everyone hates it so much because it's, it's like. It's not about Michael Myers, and everyone's just like, 
it's almost treated like a Friday the 13th kind of deal, but it's like, it's like if Friday the 13th had like, uh, just one movie right in the middle that had nothing to do with Jason at all, or any of that, like, It will see its day. I really think that people have come back and started to appreciate Season of the Witch for just the sheer delightfully weird madness of it. If it didn't have the Halloween... And that jingle was fire. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't have the Halloween like uh, prefix on it and it was just Season of the Witch, which I don't even know if that's still you know, relevant to the title. If it was, I don't know if it was just an independent horror film called silver shamrock, then, uh, you know, it would probably have cult classic written all over it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. It's all about good branding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, We'll do a documentary about the failed marketing of season of the witch. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be you just spoke it, so the it'll be on Netflix in five years, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're listening, so yeah, the algorithm is everywhere. <laughs> no joke, Val and I have a horror story about that. <laughs> go go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, um, it's technically it's more Val's story, but him and I were on Skype. We that's kind of how we communicate the most. We try to Skype at least once a week. Mm-hmm. usually uh and like you know val works really hard and i get high and talk talk about stuff to distract him and go over the story and things you know useful writer stuff <laughs> typical writer artist <laughs> relationship <laughs> <laughs> uh but like i asked him about i started using that charcoal toothpaste shit okay and I actually, it's really good. I like it. And so I asked him if he had ever tried it. And he was like, no, I never have. And then, I don't how how much longer was it, though? It was not even a day. It was maybe, like, five hours later, I got a targeted ad on, like, Instagram or some shit about charcoal toothpaste. It's like, I did not look that up. I did not, like... Never used it. Type that into anything... It. That was only talked about through Skype. It was like, I don't so, want yeah. them hearing everything I say. I, I feel like if we're going to hang up and we're all going to get a phone call that says you have seven days and also buy charcoal toothpaste. <laughs> seven days and brush your teeth. <laughs> oh, man. Um so you guys mentioned you got uh, Emerald City coming up. Uh, you know, do you have like a whole convention schedule kind of mapped out this year, or a uh, Finger Guns promotional tour? Um, what we have is is instructions that there will be signings and interviews and ev- everything. Like I'm pretty sure we're gonna have at least one exclusive cover. Uh, at that con and then yeah we're going to be doing signings and interviews and all that kind of stuff together Uh, but we don't really know the schedule yet at all because it's kind of going to be vaults doing as far as scheduling goes gotcha Uh, so um, what, what are you guys reading right now 
Val, do you have time to read right now? <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> uh, but I have been reading Die. Um, yes. It's really good. Yeah, if, if you can't get into Brian K. Vaughn, then Kieran Gillen can always write you something. Really good. Brian K. Vaughn and Kieran Gillen are like masters at doing a first issue. Right? Mm hmm. Definitely. And then Kings from... of a Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, somebody, it wasn't like, I don't even think it was an official review, but somebody that got a, the chance to read Finger Guns number one was like, oh, it's a cliffhanger. And I was like, that's what most issue ones are, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's what most pages are because you want that page turn, so. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> but, uh,. As for what I've been reading lately, uh, believe it, even though I am I'm the the lazy writer, but uh, I also struggle to to keep up with my reading list. But I've been enjoying um, Har- that Harleen book by Stephen Sajak a lot, um, and then I'm trying to think of what indies I'm reading. Val, do you know? I know I told you. Um, that's how my, that's how little time I have to read them. I to, I know you finished Wickdiv. I did, and I had lots of questions, more questions than answers, of course. But um, yeah, you know, I very I try to read all the big image books if I can. I was really into Donnie's Donnie Cates's. Uh, Silver Surfer Black run. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the best thing that Marvel's put out in years. Um, I hate, it. yeah, I hate not being able to think of an indie book because I love indie books much more than Big Two. But at least right now, with, mm-hmm. like with where they're at, um, and yeah, I'm getting ready to read Transmet, which is Val's fault. I have this problem <laughs> where, like, I I buy a lot of books with every intention of reading and enjoying them and then they sit for a very long time <laughs> hey, uh, yeah I was going to say so you that, that's like yes that, that, that's a yeah. common one <laughs> yeah you find out it's more I, I just time. looked up at my shelf inside mm-hmm. in fact yep yep Looking that's, at what, yeah, if, that's what I was like looking for if I could if I was downstairs I'd have my read pile and I could have been like oh this this I'm clearly caught up on this but you know, I don't get to pretend. <laughs> I, I don't get to read as much as I would like to anymore. Um, but yeah, I love comics, and writing them is just as much fun as reading them. I'm coming for you, Sentient by Jeff Lemire and Gabriel Walter. I'm going to read you. <laughs> that's on the list. I haven't. That's one I haven't even bought yet, but is on my list to buy. Uh, but uh, you know, as we're as we're wrapping up, uh, you know, how can people follow you guys uh, online? Uh, you know, and and everything that you're doing and finger guns and all of that. Um, finger guns. If you want every single latest update on that, definitely follow Vault Comics on Twitter. Especially, they try. They're pretty good about posting everywhere, but I feel like Twitter is just kind of where comic books live you know like yep the comic book world so i would follow at the vault comics for that or you can follow me at emo comic writer and you can follow my dog 
at at Mighty Thorgy. So yeah. Which is probably like he'll probably get more followers from this interview than I will. So <laughs> Um, you can follow me at, at Fishmas on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram at Val Halverson with an underscore. Uh, that's pretty much it for my social media. Tumblr's dead, so I'm not even <laughs> going to bother with that one. <laughs> if it was, if it wasn't, we just we just put it down right now. <laughs> That's what happens when you take the porn away. <laughs> yep. You when you when you got a good thing and you look that dead horse in the mouth, gift horse in the mouth. Jesus, I you saw look the gift house horse in the mouth that becomes a dead horse. Yeah, <laughs> saw a movie that had dead horses in it today, so that's that's where I'm gonna blame that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for having us, man. Yeah, we thanks. And thanks for reading Finger Guns. W-N-Q-A. This is a tailor shop, so guess what there are a lot of? Needles? Mirrors. Uh, oh, fuck. Mirrors <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, there are five people in the room, including the one whose face you just smashed. Uh, there is the one who you clearly know is Mickey yeah who is sitting there like kind of like company like her, her like flame dancing from finger to finger uh, standing on the other side of the room is a tall guy with a white beard that's been braided in the way only people who spend a lot of time at Ren Fairs or are the most douchey hipsters <laughs> you will ever see uh, have so Brooklyn yeah just, um, just Williamsburg yeah. <laughs> who has a handful who's sort of wearing a, a a weapons belt that has various wands yeah. around it uh, you see a woman tall uh, Latina with a staff and a, a dwarf who is standing in sort of a semi-circle uh, of mirrors with a gun on his hip. Okay. Alright. And now, ladies and gents, it is time to roll for initiative. Oh, for initiative. Here we go. We did our Them rolled really well. Most of them did not. So, 
you so first up is the dwarf mm-hmm. uh, who is does is steps backwards and against the mirror mm-hmm. and disappears through the mirror and then pops up on a mirror on the other side of the room closer to Lenny and he and Lenny are now sort of back to back I just realized something but okay <laughs> go on <laughs> Uh, that is his turn because he had to cast Mirror Wall Um, so next up okay the girl who rose you smashed stumbles back um, takes out reaches in grabs one of the boomerangs but he's actually too close he's just trying to smack you in the head with it Mm -hmm. because you hit him first that's only fair uh, so he... Nope! He misses. Uh, you kind of roguely <laughs> step, <laughs> s- sidestep as he completely misses. Yeah. Is just like, oh, blimey! <laughs> that was his turn. Veronica, you're up. I'm gonna cast Fog Cloud. Okay. Um, to obscure some of the, the mirror situations or, or views. So is there um, the walls mirrored and I'm assuming um, the walls mirrored there are the, the freestanding mirrors were set up in that sort of semicircle yeah. that the dwarf was standing in. Yes. The ice. She and I have just roll. I'm rolling to see and nope she did not make the um, uh, deck save so she falls. Mm-hmm. Like she not only lands and takes the eight damage, but she is indeed down. She's gonna have to spend her move action, at least part of it, to stand up mm-hmm. next turn because she has been. She fell in the worst place possible. Um, so you shot Weather Witch. So now we are back to Lenny's turn. Lenny. Decides. Oh, he already did that. He already did that. Uh, he's going to. Um, he is within thirty. So he's decided. Screw this noise. He's coming in close. He's coming at you with a knife. Okay. A, he pulls out a dagger that seems to be made of ice. It is crackling. You know, ice dagger. Um, Uh, what is your AC? What is my Arm- a- your armor class? My uh, your armor class. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's leather. Uh, no, uh, the, the, oh, I see. The number oh, 14, is 14. 14. So he misses. Okay. He swings, misses, and then realizes what's going on, uses a bonus action to disengage, mm-hmm. and uses the other half of his movement. He used 15 to get to you, swings, misses, disengages, and gets back the other, back to where he was to begin with okay. without provoking because he disengaged. Yes. All right, swing and a miss. 
Yep. How many feet away is he from me? Fifteen. He's fifteen from. So yeah, he's about about fifteen feet. Perfect. Um, that is his turn. Next up is the Weather Witch, who stands up and decides that she is irritated by this whole thing. And I'm sorry, you're unfortunately not wearing metal. Um, she is casting a spell at you. Uh, she... Ooh. Oh, wait, that's the wrong die type. Uh, let's try that again. Ah, uh, still a hit. Okay, she gestures out, um, and this is gonna be, this is a wallop, because she's basically firing a bolt of lightning at you. Mm. Oh, no! A scaled-back version of the actual spell. Okay. Because there's no way that they would have that at this level. Yeah. But it's too flavorful. I, For those of you who out there listening, I've rescaled some of the traditional D&D stuff to work to fit these characters. So it's closer to, like, a guiding bolt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but... It is less alarming. Yeah, but she Just still slightly. rolled real well. Yeah. Uh, that's 16 points of damage. You're fine. You have a healing potion. Yes. You might want to spend your next turn Oh, chugging. I got a hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was oh. shooting at you. Yeah. Um, because you shot her. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I can see why she would want to do that. Not though. happy about being shot. Alright. So that's 16 points of damage. So you're... Pro- Ooh, I'm on the ropes, guys. I got eight left. Yeah, so you would take the healing potion, which yeah. would heal you uh, 2d8 Plus your constitution modifier on your uh, next turn. Okay, two D. On your next turn. On my next turn. Okay, right. so I have that, to use a turn to heal. Yes. All right. Yes, in Got this it. particular case. Someone can cast a healing spell on you off your turn, but if you're drinking a healing potion, that is your action for that okay. turn. Um, that was her. And it's back to Mickey's turn to see if she breaks out of the insanity. Um... Oh my, doctor, does she not? <laughs> that was a five. I just want to keep her out of the action for as long as possible. you got to protect the children, even when they're crazy and obsessed with fire. Yeah, yes. she's a minor, you know? Yeah. Um, yep, casting shatter. And they're within 60 feet of me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. the building is... You're pro- they're probably at the extreme end of the spell. The building's yeah. about 60 feet. But So let's do that. Um, they have to do a constitution saving throw, which is, I think, halved if they make it. Okay. Yeah. What is the uh, save DC? Oh, uh, my <laughs> spell save is 15. Okay, well. Nope! Neither of them made that. <laughs> How about the mirrors? The mirrors did not. <laughs> um, so the mirrors are gone. The, the mirrors over here, they are shattered. Yeah. So... There are now lots of mirrors. There are just lots of smaller mirrors. Yeah. Um, but it would be probably more difficult to fully move through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it's unpredictable. Right. Um, what's the damage? The so damage? This backfired? No. Not. So the damage is, I think, 6d8 thunder damage because they take um, half... No, no, no. It's 3d8. Sorry. Okay. No, wait. Okay, sorry. A creature takes 3d8 thunder damage on a failed save or half as much. Yes. Okay, so 3d8, so roll. It means that probably Mirror Guy can't teleport fully through them. Yeah. Because he can't find a chunk that's large enough for him to fit through. Yeah. You know he's a master of mirrors? He might be. He might indeed be a master of mirrors. 
And he's a he's like a chunky dwarf, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, you got it. There's reasons, though. It's the Flash Rose, guys! <laughs> yep. Yes, I will just start calling them by their names at this juncture, because it's easier that way. Um, yep. Roll the damage. 3d8. Oh, oh, gosh. This is the part uh, where I admit that I'm, I'm always forget and, and mix up the d8 and the d10s. And we'll just make the same damage for both. Um, so, so eight, whoa! 8 and 6 is 14 points of damage. Very nice. Um, There's so many colors. Yeah, oh, that's not even half of my dice. <laughs> okay, you're up. Okay, so I was originally going to just shoot the mirrors, but clearly that's already been handled. So I For gotta, some of them, at least. True. But, uh, We've got still this corner, and then the mirrors kind of over here by the loot are still intact. It's just the ones directly around them. Yeah. Okay. So it feels like I need to fight someone because there are five people in here. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not casting any spells. Uh, I've got I've got a go. Oh, I've got a whip too. Ooh, fun. Um, I want to use my whip. Okay. Yeah. Um, the only one who is within melee range is Captain Boomerang. Okay. I've already beat up on him a lot. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it because it's fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. So roll your d. 20 and add the number there. Alright, so d20 plus 3. Uh, 15. On boomerang. is a hit. So it should have damage should be to its right. Uh, 1d4 plus 3. Okay. Um, roll 1d4 plus 3. And because you're a rogue, uh-huh. you... And because you have the swashbuckler ability um, to, who's a jumpy? Yes, um, you got uh, that counts your sneak attack. So roll one d four plus three d six. So uh, that's okay. two uh, plus eight. Yeah, eight. Roll it again. Twelve. Roll it one more time. 14, uh, and it's 1d4 plus 3, so that's 17 points of damage. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, he reels back a little. Nice. You, that The whip kind of caught him across, and he... Now you've got the whip in one hand and the gun in the other. Okay, um, I'm Indiana Jonesing the fuck out of this Yes, guy. you are. Yes. That is your turn. Now it is... Uh, now we're it up to Lenny's turn. Okay. Uh, Lenny... Uh, Lenny drops down. Uh, one of his hands has a glove, touches the f- ground, and spreading around him in a 30 foot arc, so about out to here, is a sheen of ice. Yay, he's our snark! <laughs> yeah. Um, there is now a wide arc of ice. A lot of the frozen mirror bits are now in ice but it's reflective god damn it yeah well, fuck <laughs> me <laughs> yeah so that i mean that's his turn he cast to make the uh to make the ice storm um next up 
is the woman with the staff. Okay. Who immediately casts a spell, and she is now surrounded by whirling winds. Okay. She right. is got a um, basically a shield of wind around her. All right. So she's a regular weather wizard. Indeed. Uh, and finally, it's Mickey's turn. Yeah. <laughs> and she's she's looking very excited. Can I can I burn them, Uncle Lenny? Go for it, kid. And so she reaches out with one hand towards. Um, where, there we go. Towards you, because you hit one of them. Right. And she rolls to hit you. Oh, yeah, she hits you. Okay. Uh, I am hit. Does not, not a critical note, so comes close. Um, so she does, from her hand, launches a blast of fire. A little fire, Scarecrow. Um, which does ten points of damage. Okay. So if you have a pencil somewhere, um... In this, so you had fifty. So now you're down to forty hit points. Okay. All right. And that's the end. So now we're back up to the top of the round. Um. So you guys are there. So, um. In that case, uh, Mirror Master does another one. He steps forward this time into the reflective ice yeah. surface. Mm-hmm. Drops down, and he now pops out over here, uh, kind of in this corner, giving him an angle on you guys. Yeah. And because he has his mirror walk up, he can now do something fun. Um, He... Ah, there we go. Uh, he looks at you because mm-hmm. you cast the thing. Yeah. Uh, shatter. Yes. No. He cast the shatter. Yes. She cast shatter. Yes. yes. He now gestures out. Uh, AC. Oh, actually, strength check. Let me strength check as opposed to strength. Um. Uh, twelve. Or sorry, eleven. Eleven. Oh wait, so no, it's a save. Okay, you don't make the save. Oh, it's a save. Yeah, it was a, sa- save? a strength save. Strength save. Yes, then it is fourteen. Okay, then he doesn't. Uh, okay. From his hand, casts a whip of lightning mm-hmm. that tries to grab you, mm-hmm. but it kind of goes a little high and misses. Okay. But he nearly just grabbed you with his lightning whip. Uh. So that's them. Uh, this time, uh, Boomerang Guy 
has decided that discretion is the better part of valor, and he starts moving away. Mm -hmm. uh, you get an attack of opportunity because he is fleeing your threatened space. So just roll a d20, uh, add your... Uh, it's a, it would probably be the... Uh, it's up to you. It would be a whip attack or a pistol whip. The whip attack is better. All right, let's whip it then with a good. Um, oh, that is definitely a hit. This is 16 plus uh, 19. Okay, that is a hit. So 1d4 plus 3. 1d4 plus 3. All right, so uh, 4. Okay, that you, you did get him. So he's been hit. And now he has made enough distance that he grabs one of the boomerangs and hucks it at Okay. So now it is he. So he's got two different effects. He's got to do first that. Okay. Well, that's good issues um, for you guys. Uh, second, th that was a uh, save. Oh, yeah. He hits. Um, roll me a constitution save. So that is plus. So roll plus three. Roll, uh, roll which plus three? Uh, D20 plus three. Okay. Right. Uh, but 17. Okay, good. Um, the boomerang does hit, Uh huh. but you are not stunned. Good. Um, but he is doing... So he does uh, eight points of damage. All right. But the, not only does the boomerang not stun you, mm -hmm. because he failed his concentration check, the boomerang was thrown wrong and does not return. So it kind of bounces <laughs> off you and embeds itself in the wall. All right. So I, I'm, I'm hurt, but he lost a weapon. Yes. And he is considerably more hurt. He, he's, he's, he's feeling this. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was it. You're up again, Veronica. I'm going to cast Hideous Laughter <laughs> on who else but Nikki. Okay. And as a free action, I'm going to um, look at, shout at Lenny and say, um, kind of breaking your promise to Eddie to keep Nikki safe, aren't you? Ooh, that's good dialogue. Mm. She'd be perfectly safe if you weren't here. We'll make sure that's taken care of. Alright, so... Yeah, she gets to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, what a surprise. That is not her strong suit. I didn't think it was. Um, <laughs> what's the DC? Uh, 15. Oh yeah, hell no. <laughs> yeah, she completely misses that. So she falls into a, a fit of... Oh, I am well aware yeah. of what Tasha's hideous laughter does. Oh yeah. It, it's, how long does... What's the duration of it? Up to a minute. Oh god. And she, she makes a wisdom save each time? Yeah, uh, wisdom save. She can get advantage uh, on that if it's triggered by damage. So if anyone hurts her. Okay. Which I'm assuming, like, we're not trying to do that. She's the last person we want to hit. Even though um, she's the most dangerous. Yeah, but that's why we incapacitate her gently. And um, I figure we're probably on the same page about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and um, it's a concentration um, thing. Okay. Yeah. You're up. All right. Okay. All right. Guys, remember to say that because this is an audio medium. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I've been fighting with Boomerang Guy, but it sounds like I've got him on the ropes. 
We're trying not to hurt uh, Mickey, uh, even though she is a wild card. Um, it sounds like I would like to go after Lenny uh, at this point. Okay. I mean, you can shoot at him. You... Yeah, let's go gun. Let's go. So he's about 50 feet away, uh-huh. and you can move up to 30 in a turn. So you reaching him mm-hmm. would take two turns. But shooting him, you can do that. Well, I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Roll um, D6 plus... uh, D20 plus 6. D20 plus 6. Okay. All right. So 16. 16 is a hit. All right. So it's 1D8 plus 3 damage. 1D8 plus 3. All right. So 11. Okay. And... Yeah, it's one of the things that you're... Fog of War. Uh, you that would be considered your sneak attack because you don't. Oh no, no, you have to be. You have to be within five feet. So yeah, no. So it just did the eleven points of damage. Okay. Okay. You did eleven points. Either of damage. way, I shot him. Oh yeah, <laughs> you did, and he definitely felt it. Okay. You can move as well, so you fire. You can get closer if you want, or you can get out of this doorway. Um, not to make it a little too obvious, but that doorway actually is probably the safest place to be as there are no mirrors directly around you there. Yeah. So you might want to just hang out there. How much time do we have until the cavalry shows up at this point? This is round... It's a while. Like, yeah, yeah. We're going to finish this fight before they get here. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> or they'll kill us. <laughs> All right. So that, Whichever comes first. That was your turn. Well, that wasn't very nice of you. And Lenny pulls out one of his wands, and um, he takes a shot. Um, He takes out the wand, points at you, and what might be considered a ray of frost comes shooting out of it at you. Mm -hmm. Um, You take eight points of damage. Okay. Your speed is slowed by ten feet for the next round in case you want to move. How many points of damage was that again? Eight. Eight. Okay. It is cool. And Ugh. halfway there. Scudder. And he he looks over at the dwarf who nods. He steps forward into the ice, mm-hmm. drops down, and now all both of them are lined up over here. Um, but they're over by, and he starts. He did partial movement to drop through and then walks over to Mickey. Snap out of it, kid. Damn it. He slaps him. Yeah. That's where, that's the end of his turn. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's the Weather Witch. Um, She. Ah. She casts. Another spell, the, the gale's still surrounding her, but now she's lifted off the ground and starts moving, hovering across the room, using the winds from the gale to push her forward so she's not slipping along the ice. Mm-hmm. She moves about as far as she can, and so she did her action to cast Levitate. She used the winds to move her forward. That is her turn. Mickey is still trapped in the maddening gales of laughter, uh, but she's going to try to break out of that, and she does not. She is still incapacitated because she has a really bad wisdom save. Because <laughs> um, she's insane. 
that is the end of her turn, and we are back to the top of the round. It is Mirror Master. Mirror Master, at this point, decides to settle on an old favorite um, and looks at you and raises a hand and three bolts of energy fly out. Oh, he's magic missling. Oh, yeah. Three bolts <laughs> of it. 1d4 damage. Love it. Give it, wow. Automatic a damage. total of three. Uh, he actually rolled the worst thing he can possibly roll. Okay. So, three damage. Good old magic missile. Um, that was his turn. And now we're back up to Boomerang, who sees what's going on and decides, says, actually, I'm not being paid enough for this. And he turns around and books it. Uh, runs for the door, opens the door, and he is out of the building. He is just gone. Okay. I love it. Because he is not getting paid enough for this shit. And is down to like 12 hit points. So he... Yeah, he wants to get out of there. Yeah, okay. He held so, down LNR and ran away. Yeah, so that's it. He, so he is... You've defeated my Captain Boomerang puzzle. Bum, bum. <laughs> uh, Veronica, you're up. Yes. Um, yes oh, did you make a concentration save? You took damage to oh, keep I didn't. the hideous laughter going. That's a good... Um, so uh, that's both the dwarf and... The dwarf, uh, just the dwarf, because Lenny's actually moved up here to be by Mickey. Perfect. Um, I'm going to throw poison spray at the dwarf. Okay. Yeah. And that is, uh, he has a constitution saving throw. Okay. Uh, he made it. Yeah. I think. I mean, what's the, the uh, but he got an, uh... 15? Yeah, no, he got a, a 17. Yeah, dwarves in their constitution. Yep. Okay, okay. So that was your turn. You're up. Oh, As boy. a free action, mm -hmm. I'm going to get um, my lighter out of my pocket. Okay. You're up. So oh, now you've got um, the Weather Witch hovering here, winds swirling around her. Um... The uh, mirror master there and heat wave and cold up here. All right, I am gonna try and knock out the weather witch with a knife throw, dagger throw. Okay. Uh, roll the roll it. Uh, add you're using as a ranged weapon, so it is plus six. Yes. Oh, that 20. So that is a critical success. Yes. So you, so the damage on that is a 1d4. So you're actually going to double that. So it's 2d4 plus 3. All right. Uh, that's a 4. Thank you. <laughs> I don't numbers good. All right. Oh, that's a 4. That's a 4. That's and roll it again. again. All right. And it's a 5 plus 3 is 8 points of damage. And she has to make a const concentration check to stop the... The winds will surround her, but the levitation is concentrated. So we are back to the top, and neither of you have moved. You're still sort of using yep. the door. Okay. Yeah. So if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Um, Mirror Master is again using his lightning lasso to try to pull you. Oh, that, uh, that does hit. Okay. So you are pulled 10 feet yeah. towards him. 
And you take, uh, take, oh, not, 10 points of damage. Okay. So now you are sort of right over here. You're on your lonesome in the doorway, mm. and he got you with his lightning core. Uh, right around there. Okay. Um, You're the master. And so he's so he's holding this item. Right. Make oh um make a um a strength save. Yeah. Right. Oh, to see if I'm like grappled. Oh, I don't make that. Okay, so you are still tied. That you beat you beat that li last time. He missed. Yeah. And but this time because he grabbed you, you have to see if you get trapped in the lightning last. Yeah. So you are grappled so, in the lightning for the moment. So I'm assuming I can't cast. Um. No, you're gonna now. You. Now, you can try to break the grapple. Yeah. So that's what you'll be doing that's, this turn. Yeah, okay. So roll a strength check. Save, right? Yes, strength save. Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> not, you got inspiration. I do, but... I guess. I don't know if I... I'm like, I'm always so hesitant to use inspiration. This is the big fight it. at yeah, the end. Yeah, it, it is the big fight, but I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm always there for plot twists. I will reroll and use my inspiration. <laughs> you know, I'm always like, there's going to be some demon out at the end. There okay, you go. I made it. You slip out yeah. of the lightning lasso that was holding you, and right. it dissipates because you're not held in it anymore. Yeah. Now it's your turn, Dan, so you might want to... Healing potion. Yeah, just chug a healing potion. You drop the whip goes into the holster. Uh -huh. So 2d8 plus 2. 2D. Or 2d8 plus your constitution modifier, All right. uh, which is three, three. So that, that's 11. And, and five. So eight. Oh, that's an eight? Well, plus three, right? Constitution? Oh, the constitution's oh. added once. Oh, all right. So five, 16. 16 points back. All right. So you're back up to 24. That is math. good. Yes. Uh, that is your <laughs> turn. You can move if you want but that took your, you know, combat action. All right, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to stay where All right. I am. Um, Try not to get hit. Snart looks around, and he decides to take his turn to grab Mickey. Can't get up! So he's using his turn to shake her so yeah. she'll be able to roll her check next time with advantage. Yeah. So she'll be able to roll twice and take the higher results. Okay. Yeah. That is what his turn was. Uh, Weather Witch is pissed. Um, this turn, she is. She looks at you and does one of these and casts a spell. Uh, and I believe does not succeed. Um, oh, uh, roll me a, um, dex save. Uh, uh, that's a 12. Okay. You are pushed. Pushed. And you... To the eyes? No. Oh. To the mirror. 
Oh no! <laughs> you go into the mirror and you pop out on the other corner of the room, surrounded entirely by the ice. I love it. So, the mirror teleportation was already. She cast a spell to shove her through the mirror, pushing her to the other. She pops into that mirror, pops out all the way over there, mm-hmm. away from everybody else. Okay. All right. So now, okay. there. Yeah, everyone. She's here. Everyone else is clustered over there, and uh, Veronica's character is now all the way over here. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you're right there. And that was her turn. And now it's time for Mickey. Holy crap! She cannot save to save her life. <laughs> she is still tittering madly, and <laughs> she is still has f- five more rounds of attempting to save before this. Stops. Good boy. Um, back to the top of the round. Um, mirror master reach, reaches behind himself and taps the mirror, uh, which, in case it's fairly obvious, he's basically turning off the teleport effect, so you can't just step through and come back through the mirror again. And he is going to he looks over at the door and the gives it like an angry look and the front door opens and boomerang comes running back in boomerang at the ready uh both of you roll wisdom saves uh okay uh six yeah sixteen sixteen uh, 22. Yeah, both of you realize that is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Oh. He was, he cast a spell to try to distract you, and it didn't work. Nice well, try, dumbass. A... <laughs> yeah, next time use a major illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's his turn. Boomerang is still really gone. So, Veronica, you're <laughs> Okay. Um, am I within 15 feet of the, um... The, 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 the woot? Yes, the weather witch the would weather be witch. within 15 feet of you. No one else is. No one else is. Uh, what about the the, uh, the loot? Oh, the loot is... No, the loot is about 40 feet away. Okay, so it's far enough away. I'm going to cast Burning Hands, uh, which I'm hoping will both melt the ice and hit her. Okay. Go for it. Um, what is the roll? Sorry. Is it, yeah. is it in a... T- uh, burning hands is uh, yes, it okay. is an attack because uh, save half. Um, it is a it's a deck save. It's a deck for half. saving. But you yeah, I mean you're rolling an attack. Right. Um, wait, isn't it isn't it in, so it, isn't it something that like she has? So I roll an attack if I hit though. Right. Okay. Yes. So okay. she has so to she has make to do the a deck, deck save. Weather um, witch. Oh boy. Did she not one? <laughs> yep, that was a botch. Amazing. That was a botch. Brilliant. I love so it so much. You 3D6. 3D6. Doubled, right? There's different rules. I don't sure. tend to double crit misses, but I give a bad result. Sure. So And does the ice melt? The ice definitely melts. Okay. Mm. And 
the wall of wind that she was using as a shield, she was so like, what the f-? that she yeah. totally lost it and the spell drops. So she would have soaked some of that damage using the wind wall of the, the wall of winds spell. Oh yeah, because wind and fire. Mm, but I no, mean, it's just without gone. earth tempering it, yeah. you know, it's That's definitely not September anymore. Yeah. Okay. okay. Nine. Uh, with a witch. Okay. That was right. You're up. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics. For just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. And a $2 donation gets you a free random comic book in the mail from my collection. And if we hit $10 in monthly donations, we'll start a new project, either a podcast about the DC animated features, a deep dive retrospective on James Robinson and Tony Harris' Starman, or a manga for beginners feature. Uh, big thanks to our patrons, Steve Morris from uh, Shelf Dust, Charlie Davis from the Young Ones podcast, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, and Scott Madrinsky from Mojoswork.com. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox. Finally, and most importantly, Check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views. And we'll see you next time. WMQA!